Welcome everybody to the Faking Notes Podcast. It's the Faking Notes Podcast. I'm supposed to be high energy. High energy. Apparently that's supposed to make you like me more. Science. <laughs> like and subscribe me. So today on the Faking Notes Podcast, uh, we talk about intelligence, memory, stories, and how that is going to improve your life. And also how we don't have any of those as <laughs> redeeming traits for ourselves <laughs> and how we're searching to find it. So I had to Google it. I was memory, like, what is that? What is this stuff you're talking about? What is memory? What is, huh? Well, huh? No, it's really cool. The brain is such a fascinating organ and it's a tool that you can really train up. Kind of like Rocky, just beat the meat enough times and you're going to have a strong brain. So... So the takeaway that, that, is if how it works, right? Beat beat your meat and you'll beat, get a strong no, brain. Not your meat, beat the meat. Oh my god. <laughs> Mine out the gutter, bro. <laughs> it had it had to be said, but yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that is not the takeaway of this podcast. But um yeah, so we we, we just go into depth and we, we kind of tie a nice little bow on it at the end on how you can just use the your training for those of you who are musicians or or any uh, athletes, but the value that a coach can have looking in from the outside and bringing in their experiences and how you yourself are going to build on that, form your own memories, form your own experiences, your own skills, coming through, fighting, pushing through with adversity, you mold that together into yourself as the complete package. And mm. a big part of that is your memory and mm. retaining that. And so we just kind of just talk in and out about just the sheer value of memory and how that's going to go out and play and affect the rest of your life and how you need to, you need to do these things to contribute back to society so that you too can then pass on your knowledge and your memories memories onto the next generations to come. So also if you want to have generations to come like beyond you, you're going to have to remember that chick's name that you met at the party. When you see her again, (laughs) you need to remember her name. Because that'll that'll give you some cool points. Just shout out to all the fellas out there that meet cute girls and. And if not, you names. remember just uh, beat your meat, and you'll be, <laughs> you'll be you'll be smart. So, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I'll crop this intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll cut that. Yeah, I kind of. <laughs> Stay hard. All right. <laughs> That's only funny until you hear the rest of the. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody. Just start the show, bro. (laughs) All right. We love you, everybody. Enjoy. That was perfect. Welcome to the... Welcome to the Faking Nose Podcast. It's the Faking Nose Podcast. Dude, Dude, you you were so much more energetic than I am. I read an article that said we need to be more energetic. So, oh, okay. Even though we're like dragging ourselves over the finish it, line, it 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 specifically. Wrote, I was, you know, it was like top ten tips, and it specifically said, uh, Drew and Trevor, you must you must wake up, your up. Energy game. <laughs> wake up. If you if you've made it this far in the article, you need to get get it together. <laughs> Speaking of get it together, take an Adderall and go podcast. <laughs> yes. What <laughs> you reading? What you reading, bro? I'm reading Limitless by Jim Quick, but of course it's not with me. It's in my car in the passenger seat because that's what I have for companionship. Do you buckle in your books? Is that yes, how this I works? Do. Yes, I do. <laughs> they are precious cargo. The safety. No. <laughs> safety first, folks. 
buckle in your books. knowledge. You got to protect your knowledge, okay? Speaking of knowledge, so you, David Goggins, are you doing yeah, that I dog mentality? Do you got that Bro, dog mentality? It's not, it's not even, I don't know if that's the thing that I remember from David Goggins. I remember like, callous your mind. <laughs> put ca- it's like, put, I'm putting calluses on my mind, you know? And uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm really, I haven't opened that book yet, but I just love how he overcame uh, incredible hardship. And I follow him on Instagram. Oh my God. I heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast. And now that I'm like doing my read homie read thing, like this is going to be, this is going to be the next book that I kind of announce, like once we uh, get through Limitless. Next thing we know, it's going to be, you're going to be posting running pics. Like who's taking that video? Like he's just always running somewhere. <laughs> And that implies that, you know, we, we have to keep that producer's mindset. My favorite thing is watching any of these shots. And then you forget there's like a camera crew. It, yeah. Any Naval SEAL training, someone's out in a boat or someone's sweating in a jungle. Uh, like there's a there's a dude holding a camera. Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> but I'm uh-huh. so this big documentary I'm going to be doing. Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, over the next course of this week's is about one of these survivalist teachers and it just films the course like a bunch of people going through what oh, his one week beginners to pathfinding yeah. it's pathfinding bushcraft survivalist basically stuff we're gonna need yeah like the like things soon. you're gonna need in about year three of covid when we're all eating <laughs> each other uh, and you're trying to protect your child but Dude, that's why I'm trying to grow plants. <laughs> so, so, so why I brought that up though is I, I yeah. love watching all that footage. It's almost a two-hour movie, uh-huh. and and they're talking. It was it just coincidentally was filmed during like a record heat wave. Like it's a hundred, it's over a hundred degrees, and these people are out. Where in the is woods. this? Uh, Wait, I where? I think it was like Can't Ohio. Remember. It was Ohio. And okay, so that's it's, some heat. Yeah, it's not even like hey, you're on the coast. There's a breeze. Like no, it's the middle of Ohio in the woods, yeah. and you're supposed <laughs> to survive. And they filmed this beginner course, and obviously people are going to be dropping. It's not like it started with many to begin with, but all throughout my mind, I'm like, hey, these people are sweaty, miserable, trying to build fires and like walk miles through this like rugged terrain. But yet, these filmmakers are <laughs> lugging around. Like, there's a guy with a boom mic just absolutely dying. <laughs> man, I need some water, man. Yeah. I need some water. He's just like there. They're holding up the giant stick with the the, the microphone on the arm, and like these other people are, are complaining about building their tin, how miserable it is. And then he's just this guy's had to hold his arm up for eight hours just to capture so, some audio. <laughs> Mike, what what are your levels looking like? Yeah. <sighs> no, Mike, yeah. Can we Mike. keep down the crying? Could we? Uh, could we hold? It's bleeding. It's bleeding into the into the microphone. Can yeah. you can you keep it down? Yeah, it's. I know it's 115 degrees, but uh, I can see the mic in the top of the the, the picture, the frame. Can you, you can you lift it up, please? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine. But anyways, but I like David Goggins is the ultimate like YouTube mm. montage. He's a living YouTube yeah. montage, inspirational YouTube montage. I know, I know. You only have to watch his stuff, and you know, it's like the shot is so smooth that there's no, it's no, there's no way that somebody running yeah. with him. I think that's like. <laughs> Either his wife or like somebody in a car next to him, just you, moving along. Even a car couldn't keep up with David Goggins. That's the crazy thing. Like he'd keep <laughs> going. That car will run out of gas eventually. But David Goggins, yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Never ultra marathon, ultra marathons, hundreds of miles. Do you want to give a brief a brief promo of this 
this David Goggins to our listeners? Uh, honestly, I haven't even read the book. I'm just like riding high off of a Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> and months and months and months of YouTube content where he's yelling at me telling me to stay hard for some reason i'm soft yeah. right now dude. <laughs> how, how do i get hard what you watch more of his videos it's a drug oh yeah dude he's so ripped he's so jacked it's, he's it's an insane. absolute beast but one he's of the things animal. i remember it was him and he was talking about his his whole thing is just this insane amount of grit and mental toughness which is why yeah you see him everywhere. He's got a great story, like Navy SEALs overcoming, all, all the fun stuff, the usual hallmarks. But one of the things I remember is someone, I think, went to either like interview him or just hang around him and see what it was like. And so they went to the gym, and he he's like, you're going to do 1,000 pull-ups today. And the guy's like, I can't do 10 pull-ups. He's like, I know, but you're going to do 1,000 pull-ups today, <laughs> and we're not leaving. And so they stayed in there for five hours. Until this guy had done a thousand pull-ups, what did he have to do? One stop, wait a while. One stop, wait a while. Whoa. But like that's an exa- like talk about <laughs> grit and toughness. Oh Ugh. my god! Now that's not a healthy workout regimen. I just want to clarify. <laughs> I mean, um, look, look. Sometimes you got to just really suffer to get swole. <laughs> Pain is beauty, right? Pain, right. be, beauty's pain. Pain is beauty. I can do a hundred push-ups now, but I, not all at once. <laughs> I don't know if you heard. I was I was in the thousands. <laughs> <laughs> did you know I did like ten thousand push-ups over the course of ten years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's like am I know. I just like lifted this, ten thousand grams. <laughs> So what? I documented everyone on my YouTube channel. Every <laughs> single push-up. Every single one. It's one of those year montages, but... It's just a counter that goes up and up and up. So for our Read Homie Read update, how, mm-hmm. what is what is what has been newly enlightened to you uh, in your reading of Limitless? Man, uh, so many different things. I think the most recent one, I'm reading the chapter on memory and how our memories are not inherently good or bad. It's like a muscle. You can build your muscle of memory to be that of a super Olympian memory. They have like memory competitions, dude. Like, I've, I've heard about these. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, a great example for everyone is, of course, pi, the decimals. Uh, yeah, the number of uh, digits of pi. Mm-hmm. Or um, what is it? Person, TV, computer with the trump thing you know we, oh, we i don't know oh we cannot not on this we cannot uh it, it's because it's of course like eight news stories too old but speaking of advanced memory uh yeah there was that i'm not chris, having a good one there's that chris there chris chris wallace interview recently there's there's a oh, worse yeah, interview yeah, yeah. there's a worse interview oh, in the, the past axios one days. that one's that one hurts but but, but back to the I never pr- saw it i need to i need to watch it should i watch it Yes, abs. It is must see TV to just okay. see how uncomfortable. It reminds me of me and my lessons. Just absolute, <laughs> absolute panic. Like me holding like charts and paper. Like, I'm going to talk about my piece, and they'll be like, "Did you write it?" Be like, "No, obviously I didn't actually do any work. I just thought about doing work." And so I'm like fumbling. Leslie, my teacher. can you get to the printer? Can you print <laughs> off my second theme, please? <laughs> Leslie, 
What was what was the name like when he was with Chris Wallace? What was his I don't even know. Interns? So like there was the Axios one, which is awful, and then the one prior to that yeah. was Chris Wallace. Yeah, Chris um, which Wallace. shouldn't have been that tough of an interview, and he just bombed it. But a big thing in there is he was bragging about that test from years back that yeah, you know, proved his mental aptitude, and yeah. he was just like, "Oh, I nailed this test," and then. Chris is like, well, I took I I I took the test and uh, it wasn't that hard. And he was like, you know, Chris, like the last, well, it's easy, but then it gets harder. And 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 he's just like, watch this, like person, TV, camera. He's just like naming things yeah. in the room, and he's like, they yeah. have you, they give you these things, you have to memorize them in order. And it's like five easy things. And first off, on those actual tests, they wouldn't like do comparable things anyway, or like um, similar things, because the whole point is that you can associate things. That's just how the brain works. So they wouldn't even, it wouldn't even have been like that. But he just literally is taking pride in naming things in front of him, like a toddler, like object permanence. Like he sees it and then he's a mental genius because he can memorize five things in front of him. Five and, things in front of his face, dude. But like, anyways, so that's an example. I can only of, memorize <laughs> two things in front of me. You and you. You, oh, mm, mm, um, you renewed for season three on Netflix, but uh, <laughs> yeah, a very different. Talking about the the listeners, yeah. It's oh, <laughs> talking about the listeners. Shout out to the listeners, people, Shout TV you guys, listeners, for real, coming uh, through. So you with limitless, like what what else about becoming an uh, memory Olympic Olympian? Uh, well, the way he kind of talked about it, um, was he was referencing a book of this guy who went to go study with uh, mental athletes. And uh, he was talking, and this, this man <clears throat> that was interviewing, he was a journalist, he was talking with the mental athletes and many of them had not been like trained up to be a mental Olympian. Like they were, they, were, they thought, they all thought that they had bad memories at one point in their life. You know, it wasn't inherent or uh, it was an inherent uh, skill. It was one that they trained for. Like some of them had just gone like a couple of years prior and begun training their memory. And by after a couple of years, even some as short as six months, they're out competing. You know, it's, it's a muscle. So that's, that was one of the biggest misconceptions that I had about memory was that it was like, either you have it or you don't. I wonder if, did it, did it mention, <clears throat> did it mention how, uh, like the yeah. competitions are run? Like what is a memory competition? No, he didn't go into that, that the depth and I can go get the book and find the book that he's referencing at some point we could put it in the show notes. Uh, but it wasn't even from limitless. It's like, it was like a, I'm, it, he was like quoting another book that he had read. So it was like a lot of details were left out, but it was the situational, mm -hmm. um, the situation of this journalist learning these very simple things about these mental athletes, and uh, definitely go Google search that. That's some that's some cool stuff. I <laughs> we're imagine. just taking notes like, here. I don't want you to get the book and reference it. Like this no. is Jim Quick, <laughs> uh, the author of Limitless, uh, states like in some of his conferences and some of his talks, he can have an audience of up to 250, 500 people. And he can pick a bunch of them to come up and just tell them random things. And then he'll be able to recite it in order forwards and backwards. 
like, and we're talking like 150 different random words and stuff like that. He can remember that. That's nuts. On hand. I mean, obviously yeah. it's a skill. I mean, because the more and more we find out about the mind, uh, that's also one of the faults. So another recent YouTube binge that I will get maybe 80% right in response. <laughs> but faking notes. Faking notes, faking notes. But it was referring to... Uh, of course, the flaws of the IQ and how we we thought about IQ and the 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 um spark notes, the show notes of this is that the guy who first came up with it, uh, Mr. IQ, I don't know his name, uh, but he came yeah, up with just I the remember. concept of IQ of like, hey, maybe we can measure yeah. this. And he specifically mm-hmm. stated, as you'd expect, uh, this is not how we should actually we shouldn't like quantify this yes. and like use this to do anything because it's not a full yeah. assessment of intelligence. After saying <laughs> that, of course, what happens? Two other scientists come in and like, let's find a number. Like that that's going to determine intelligence and it must be the child. So they go in and that's when you start to get this IQ test and then there's GQ, general intelligence, which is trying to figure it out. But anyways, the long and the short of it was that IQ – uh, Are you dumb, Trevor? Yeah. Is Are that, you dumb or I'm not? I'm a genius. I'm a genius. I'm Are you dumb or not? Let's measure it. My IQ's my, my credit <laughs> we score. We got to measure it. 200. No. <laughs> Do you think it's just because they didn't have a yardstick to measure dumb? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's as dumb as like a half a field of corn. Yeah. Like they, like, they should have. Yeah. So that's a barter system. He is. He's three goats. That's how intelligent he is. Mm. Or it's horsepower. Instead of horsepower, it's like goat, goat brain. So it's goat, uh, oh yeah, I'm batting like one, uh, you know, a thousand five hundred goat brains. Oh, yeah. Well, cause you the goat, homie. Oh, cause you are the goat. You spitting all the goat brains, LeBron. Dude. But going through, <laughs> so this whole, of course, as we could tell, like you can't really put a number on intelligence because what they were really yeah. measuring in any IQ test that uh, you take freebie online, a big part of it is pattern recognition. And mm-hmm. and what they're saying is, oh, if you can do these certain things, um, then you you will most likely fare well in life. But as we know that that there's actually almost no correlation with the IQ number. Mm-hmm. There is something about intelligence, but that gets into a very iffy topic because how do you measure it and what do you do with that information? But the actual IQ number as we know it is of course flawed and doesn't accurately represent anything like you being younger there's so many more determining factors just how much money your parents have is just a greater indicator of your future success than anything else your zip code is a greater indicator than anything else it doesn't matter how smart you are if you don't have money and you're not put in the right situation uh you're you're just way less likely to uh to pop out um but on the subject of intelligence though wasn't that cool though i mean my mom when I was young, my parents were, were saying, like, we want to go to a place where the school systems are really good. You know, that's what my parents really, really focused on. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think I'm a product of that desire and that understanding how important early education is. Um, and I was watching a video on The Economist, I think, on um, YouTube talking about how the wealth disparity is going to grow because of how expensive early early on child education. Look look at LA. If you want your kid in LA or New York, if you want them in a decent daycare, it's 30 or 30 some thousand dollars a year. 30,000 dollars 30, a year. That's like college. Yeah, it's like college except, you know, you learn shapes. <laughs> uh, which is actually uh, No, it is it's basically college. 
But here, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Like, there is there's that fine line to where, for many people, uh, and and typically, who does this fall on? The mother, mm-hmm. because you know, society dad is society just... bad, and <laughs> and the problem with that is that depending on what the career is, it might not be worth the money to go back to work. So that's why you get the stay at home, but what if you don't have any money. But you, if for returning to some and many types of employment, uh, even part time, it it isn't enough to cover the cost of daycare and just general childcare. So let alone, let alone with um, just the sheer daycare, but the cost of raising a kid is just insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember. There's some number. It's like by the time they're eighteen or twenty five, if you're like me, still. You know, bothering your family, um, like the a child will cost you like a million dollars over the course yeah. of those years. You yeah. know, a million dollars. Yeah, and and I think that's what's projected. So if you had a child right now, they would cost you a million dollars. And I talk about a real decision making. That's a bad investment. It's a very bad investment. The return, like they turn out thirty. The return, they start a podcast. That's the problem, dude. There's. They still end up being a liability. Like they never turn into an asset. You like, pull up you can't <laughs> that five year chart, and it's just it's just a slow decline. And you're like, when is this investment gonna turn? Yes, you might get some tax breaks. Yes, you may get some tax benefits. <laughs> but really, if you juxtapose that to the rate the the rate of return, it's it's a, it's a sunk cost. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hilarious, but so true. So circling back with this yeah, whole intelligence, so the value, kids. the value <laughs> of early education, uh, cannot be any more. You're a circle, like bro. emphasized. Oh, I I know I'm a circle. I'm trying to fix it, but it's just not happening. <laughs> that's no our new. What. That's a new little thing. I, like, I don't have C, 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 Drew, Like my my video quality is tanked, but Drew's is. It's beautiful. I think I sucked some of your video quality away. It, it actually and, looks uh, like that. Uh, so I'm using this <laughs> for our, for our, the uh, those tuning in over the podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm on an iPad because my laptop is still lost by Apple over a month. Oh, daddy, um, no. But no, Drew daddy, is on a capture card situation, so he looks he looks like Martin Scorsese is filming is filming our, our podcast recording, and now I look like a spinny circle. <laughs> like, like I'm a failure of of this tech sphere. Come Albert on. Chang is is one of my favorite people. He came by and he really like glowed up my life. Like he helped me set this up, this capture card in my computer. We got to get him on the pod. He's gonna um he's gonna make a debut back to the whole social media sphere at some point. And uh, when he does, we got to get him on here because he's a very interesting dude. And that's what we want. We want interesting people. Yeah, man. All right. Speaking yeah. of interesting, the camera's back. So so with childhood education, obviously the more and more we find out, the earlier it matters. Like yeah. you it from from the outset, like there are just so many things you can do. And so who does that advantage? Money. <laughs> Support. Yeah. We've talked about this before. I need to dig up this article because I feel like I reference it uh so often. And years and years back, but it was it was a great it was a huge study. One of the benefits of just us being alive today is that so many long term studies 
we're finally seeing the results when this kind of surge of like studying yeah. humans and development uh, that was a relatively surprisingly relatively uh, new concept of something to study and so we're finally these 30 or 40 or 50 years we're finally getting in the results are in and it turns results. out that for instance parenting in your home situation matters a little less than we'd like to think it is important but like everything we've talked about it's always a percentage. There is no single defining thing that changes everything and guarantees anything. Uh, going to Juilliard is just a percentage bump. You're not gonna. It's, you're yeah. more likely to make it, but that doesn't yeah. mean it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. Donald Trump said trying to make it. Thirty <laughs> percent chance of winning. That means three out of ten times he's going to win, and here we are. Um, COVID, like wow, all these what percentages. A, what a bad roll of the dice. Yeah, like, like that's, <laughs> but that is a scary amount. The example yeah, is that is if 30. I told you there was a 30% chance an earthquake was going to hit your house tomorrow, you'd get the fuck out. I'm leaving. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's just how it works. <laughs> so why is anyone surprised when something that's 30% likely happens? It's that's not how it, that's not how it works. But with this, so parenting matters a little less, and it was actually a stronger indicator of success depending on how much money you had. Just parental income was easier to pick. So whenever it's like, ah, oh, like single parent home, uh, blah, blah, uh, zip code, blah, 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 like access to a city, like different schools weren't as important as just simply your parents making money. Mm. Which is interesting, you know, because we're in this whole capitalistic consumerist areas mm -hmm. kind of society. You know, I was just talking to Mindy because she's going through a, a Marie Kondo type situation because she's moving out. What you're saying is you're getting free stuff. That's <laughs> no, I'm not getting free stuff. I don't want her things. No, that's the they best. Do not spark joy. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, if you want to be in a great situation, have a friend buy your friend's Marie Kondo's book and just sit back <laughs> and just watch, watch them dismantle their life, and just be like, give me, give me that stuff. Be like, a lot of this things it brings me joy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you bring me so much joy. <laughs> my camera. I I just caressed my camera. Uh, I don't know if that. I don't know if that's appropriate or not. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what we what, what what I found though was that she's really discovering like that she doesn't need so many things, and that you know the things that she was buying. You know, we all will buy something mm -hmm. that we'll never use. It's like, but we get that dopamine bump for actually spending our money because even though we don't make a lot of money, we get this dopamine rush for at least it was worth it because I got to enjoy this thing, mm -hmm. right? That's what drives consumerism. So, like, we've we've mentioned this too. That, it's dope. The because I've like kind of gone through somewhat of that on a move. It helps to just chuck things. You realize how much that crap you didn't know, didn't need. Um, but also, you know, thinking about if if you're if you're a business, if your existence in our American society is a business, uh, you want to make good investments. Uh, starting a podcast, you know, it's just at the top of of that chain. But in, instead of we, we know, just the science shows us that possessions don't they bring you a lower percentage of happiness. Uh, other fun facts: experiences bring you more happiness than possessions. But for vacations, it turns out 
thinking and anticipating the vacation brings you more happiness than the actual vacation itself. Really? And there, there's, yeah, that's hard. There's hard evidence of that. You anticipating really? something brings you far more joy than the actual, that actual vacation oh. will give you. If you think about it, getting on a plane, flying somewhere, learning a new place, getting used to it, repacking, packing, coming back home, going back to your miserable job is very hard to do with. Like, and you have that slump. And part of it is just like the sheer anticipation of that. You're getting excited, imagining about that. Use that to your advantage. If you can anticipate your future happiness doing some tougher task, you can maybe make it a little more enjoyable. Last but not least, the best use of money in, in just a broad sense. So if the lowest is possession. Give him that value, Trevor. Value. Give him that value. He's Sign, laying it down. Knowledge. This is this is that IQ. This is that IQ pattern recognition. Three things, bro. So, you fucking pass, dude. I'm, <laughs> dude, uh, TV person, computer, podcast. Uh, but the so so the lowest tier is possessions. Yes, it does make you happier. I'd much rather be crying in a Ferrari than crying at home. Uh, but it's still not it, that that bump that high goes away. Experiences a little better, particularly uh, anticipating the experience. But kind of the best bang for buck in general is services. And what I mean by that is is investing that money, that dollar. Someone just wanted to measure the value of the dollar, like how far does it go for your happiness. And with services, by taking something away from your life that you don't do or adding in something else. For instance, having a house cleaner, having an accountant, having – um, someone, you know, someone else fix your car or whatever. Like having people taking away things you don't like, yep. provides you more and more a better net value of mm-hmm. of happiness because you're removing something that was a negative and and kind of like offloading it. And well, that's something we always have to weigh. You know, I I don't mind mowing the lawn if that brings you happiness. You like mowing the lawn? It's lawn. It's therapeutic. Uh, oh, for people in uh, L.A. and New York, lawns is grass uh, uh, outside your house that dude, you people own. people in L.A. be knowing? People in L.A. be knowing in South Central, man, we have beautiful, <laughs> we have beautiful lawns. Dude, in North Hollywood, here, there's not, nothing is alive. It yeah, is you a, can't do that. Yeah. It's a desert. No it's a ho. desert. The only lawns are owned by Mickey Mouse and Universal. Bro, people grow food in their lawns down here, man. Beautiful. Like, we, it's beautiful. None of that in North Hollywood. It's it's dead. Yeah. It's a palm tree, and it was planted there, and it's it's struggling <laughs> to stay alive. But uh, the services, it taking yeah. away if something if you hate mowing, um, and again for uh, North Hollywood and New York uh, listeners, mowing is when you cut that lawn, <laughs> you give it a haircut, you you fade to the top. But <sighs> with that, if you hate it, you paying someone some you know kid 60 bucks or whatever it costs to mow lawns you paying them that is that is a better use of money than you buying something for 60 bucks or using that on even some experience because you're offloading a hardship rather than trying to tack on a happiness food for thought whoa you're 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 taking off a hardship instead of what say that again yeah, it's it's a better use of your money Offload. to take away hardships than to try to add on pleasures, I guess. <laughs> happens. It's okay. very Buddhist of trying. That's tough, man. I like yeah. pleasure, dude. I'm a big Trevor, fan. 
I'll have you know, pleasure is dope. Pleasure, friend of the pod. Thumbs up, 10 out of 10, five stars. Five stars, like and subscribe, pleasure. But offloading your, your, the negativity, I guess. Or yeah. Like just things that you don't like to do. It's it's better to shred, <sighs> better to shred the weight than to try to like, better to shred the weight than build muscle. <laughs> shred the weight. No, but okay. So I'm, I'm going method. on the Goggins philosophy though. Like, cause I want to kind of see the, how this coexists. Sometimes it's important to have hardship because hardships where growth is. Like if you offload too much, then you become like Wally. Yeah. No, so that's a very good point because this is also the thing I just said, which is very true, is often seen and really sounds like a direct contrast to the other half of the stuff we've talked about, which is the value of adversity, the value of difficulty. We've just talked about with our recent guest, all of these greats, the greats, so to speak, uh, whatever through history and whatever they do, all always in their past have experienced to some degree, some level of hardship. Now that Intense. doesn't it doesn't equate to money. There's a lot of successful stooges out there uh, who who are born with the the silver shovel in their mouth. But but the people who've made lasting change, who've impacted their fields, uh, who've changed people's lives, and who've pushed society forward, almost always in their back story is is difficulty, is hardship. The loss of a family, the loss of their limb, um, losing it all, coming back, coming from nothing. Uh, and those are these change makers, so to speak. Uh, so how do we balance that? I don't know. I think it's a different type of thing. Like ad- maybe adversity is, is, is separate from the hardship. For instance, me mowing my lawn um, if I had one. <laughs> I don't know if that's like the grit necessary as opposed to <laughs> me sitting down there and being like, I'm going to write a book in a month or I'm going to do a thousand pull-ups. Like, I think that's, there's, there's a different thing. David Goggins doesn't have to make his own videos in premiere. Like someone else can do that. And that'd be a hardship for him. You know, he couldn't just yell at it at premiere. doesn't <laughs> respond to yell. Like, like, make content. <laughs> Make content, motherfucker. He's just Go sitting there hurt. yelling at his at his MacBook, just like dog mentality, and like the MacBook's just spinning there with the the rainbow wheel of death. <laughs> but I don't know. It's kind of balanced. Maybe it's just choosing like the right ones, like knowing when, being prepared, and trying to overcome an adversity is very different from, and and maybe can actually go hand in hand. If you remove some of these other things that you don't like that aren't going to provide you growth like dishes, cleaning lawn or whatever, and you were able to divert that time into hardships that would matter, uh, you know, jujitsu, um, writing that book, fixing that website, studying a new craft. Like that is something where that discipline pays off. You cleaning the dishes over and over and over doesn't actually make you better at cleaning the dishes. You're going to be doing that 30 years of life. Doing the laundry for 30 years, you're not really going to get a lot better at laundry. <laughs> it's the discipline. Like, like I've had adversity of laundry. I have a lot of dirty clothes. But <laughs> like me cleaning my, my dirty-ass clothes isn't going to make me a superhuman. And so removing these 
these tasks, these 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 are essentially barriers um, that are preventing you from doing other actual hard work, going out and failing at new things. And I think that's actually the disadvantage. Speaking to the economics, why circling this back in for content connection? Oh, um, okay. So, circle All back. Right. So circling back, <laughs> bring it back. Why that parental income and family income are a better indicator of success is because what does that money buy you? Health, a nanny, a better school system, after school activities. And for parents, that's that's more time they can do something else. More time they can relax rest. rest Rest, relax, um, get get ahead at careers, so that money really stretches the value because you can pay for the service of just help. You mm-hmm. can support a family member to help you out with your kid. You can get the village around you. If you Dang, don't happen to just... live around family, <sighs> if you don't happen to live around family and you don't have money, you're screwed. That kid is gonna it's gonna have a hard life uh, for you and everyone involved because you just can't afford services. You can't remove the hardships. Parenting is Bro, always going to be difficult. It's a hardship. Parenting's yeah. a hardship. Yeah. I just realized that the majority of my career, I have been a glorified babysitter. <laughs> yeah. I no, have yeah. not been a music teacher. I've been a babysitter. I've been an extracurricular activity. The moment, yeah, I realized that, like that's when the rates oh go up. When God. I when I when I yeah, noticed. No, fuck that. <laughs> my I did it once. I had one student. I had these guitar people. And yeah. obscene wealth. Uh, it's yeah. New York. You bump into these, and I have high rates because it helps me limit how much I have to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I would just throw out big numbers, and particularly for something like guitar. Like I'm very comfortable teaching that entry level guitar. It's it's sweet. There's a lot of students out there, and I like to have one or two guitar students because it forces me to keep the instrument chops up. So it's a win win. Yeah. I as I teach uh-huh. them, I'm reteaching myself. And so I go What's to the style. One. Are you pick style or finger picking? Oh, you gotta like, you gotta learn it all. But like for most kids, I it's only pick. know one. Most kids, I it's only pick. know pick. Can you teach me? Oh, it's say? oh, I got you. Oh yeah, Bro, <laughs> I, dude, I got you. I want to get better. I got it's you. Right there. But the with the guitar. Anyways, I go to these students, and I could just tell. I when I ding dong, I go to the penthouse first <laughs> sign. Ding dong, forty floors up, penthouse, half a floor of a huge like. It looks like a Danny Elfman movie. It's just like designed. Like they went in there and like someone like designed the furniture, the pillows. Like mm-hmm. I was getting into a situation. And these poor little kids were just your typical like ADD, just kind of rude, like not, mm. you know, not caring about school. They just want to like play soccer and play video games and. <laughs> Yeah. But I seemed I made it way longer <laughs> than all the other tutors. But that's what I notice when I ring the doorbell and another tutor's leaving, and then when I leave, another one walks in the door. I know that it's not there for for the benefit of the kid. Throwing yeah. your kid through four things, you know, every day, tutors after tutors after school after school, is just not going to work uh, because they're exhausted. Where's the playtime? Where's any of this? I was a babysitter. Whenever a parent is like, oh, I'd like both my kids to learn this thing. You're probably a babysitter. I sit these students <laughs> down and I'm like, hey, what music do you like? There is not a guitar in any of this. Yeah, you can play the melody and the chords, but he doesn't care about guitar. 
he needs to be a DJ. He needs to learn production. And so I tried to do my best, but the parents, they don't want, they don't want to pay 120 bucks for little Johnny to learn how to DJ with none of that, <laughs> none of that jazz music the kids listen to. Uh, no, they want, they want little, little Johnny to learn respectable instruments. They want to learn how, what, what time period is that? Is that, uh, that imitation from? Oh, well, that's that, that, that's that that's the that the like typical throwback. The 40s, uh, these 40s kids and their 50s. jazz music. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, I, whoa, that's a that's a old. That's like twenties. Yeah. Throwback. <laughs> I'm teaching a 60 year old child living with his 90 year old. <laughs> but anyways, like the kids were fine, yeah. and so I knew yeah. the the benefit though is like I knew it was babysitting time, so I treated it someone as such. I took them seriously. I take all my students very seriously, and I want them to learn. But I'm not sitting there like beating these kids up like they're looking for a break and something yeah, fun don't beat up kids like bro. i'm not yeah oh yeah also yeah uh, don't beat up kids. psa yeah. do not harm children um not the friend more you know child abuse <laughs> not friend of the pot but it's okay for the president to do it to yeah yeah but that's okay you can just beat you yeah, know just punch them in there whatever yeah, they can take it yeah they can take it as long as they're as long as as long as you own the lips that's all that matters but <laughs> these these students Long story short, I was babysitting them, but the, well, the thing that helped is that I knew. And so one, one of the students dropped uh, because of baseball season. And so I said, hey, uh, I'm not changing my rate. Like I'm covered over here. So I just got paid like insane money for a 30 minute lesson. Anyways, like I understood the relationship. I knew the nature of the exchange. I'm babysitting them. They knew they were getting babysit. I knew this wasn't going to last for a while, but I tried to instill in them all the things I want to do. So when I'm teaching younger students, and this is just my method, I try to teach them to be <laughs> better people, smarter, and being able to ex- like assess the world around them. Kind of like mm-hmm. what we hope we hope this podcast does. I'm I'm not there to make them better <laughs> at guitar, particularly with guitar, because a lot of these younger students these days don't listen to guitar music. You'll get that odd student who's fascinated by it, like I was when I'm growing up, and then I'm gonna fill their brain with that. But for a lot of these other students, um, it could be anything. It could be anything during that hour. It doesn't have to be music. It could be a sport. It could be a computer program. Like they're just interested. And so I want to instill with them what it's like to improve at something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, asking why. So I, 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 instead of really like worrying, like, hey, can uh, little Johnny, you know, do an effective tremolo, which is how most music schools seems to wind up being. I, I care less about that particular outcome. But if I can see them gain some other actual life skill, that's a win. I have one particular student, won't say the instrument, uh, but who's just very, in high school, but very nervous, very shy. And I can tell that, like, just not, re- you know, really quiet, not super outspoken. And so the point of our music lessons for me, subtly, I of course don't tell them, this, is, <laughs> is confidence. That's all I want them to get out of this. Is, is confidence. So like ask, I'm asking him questions. I'm waiting for responses. I'm setting him up to think and say his, say his thoughts, not what others have told him, not the school model. So creative. And then particular performing, confidence in performing, confidence in speaking. That is more important uh, than, you know, he's it, not interested in going into the field of music, but confidence, that's going to follow him for the rest of his life. So I feel like that's what I am. I'm a, I'm a confidence coach. And a year in, I've already seen results on that end. The instrument, eh? But, <laughs> but being able to like freely speak and not worrying about you know saying the right thing or wrong thing, 
and to be able to talk in front of people and perform in front of people, that is an infinitely more valuable skill uh, than being able to play the B-flat scroll really well. Well, I mean, I want to say, like, this message was brought to you by Trevor's Baby Care oh, yeah. Service. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you want your kid to, like, turn out into a functional human being, he, he might not be good at guitar, but he'll, <laughs> he'll be able to get, get on out there with some confidence. Call Trevor Bumgarner. For babies who, who also, who, who can't read well, but would like to do other things well, too. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, Trevor's baby care. I won't feed them, but at least they'll be confident. <laughs> the, big, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the only feeding they'll be getting is their ego. Positively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's really funny. That's dope. Like, that could be a, that could be a, phony service yeah <laughs> but it's true what are some particular experiences you've had like on the on the teaching front on private teaching front um yeah man your whole experience was like reminding me of like this one this one six-year-old i taught and like the mom like the mom even wanted me to start teaching their four-year-old and i was like they they don't understand anything that i'm saying <laughs> Like, I don't think they register anything we do. Like, because I'm always, like, coming back and it's looking like the first time they've ever touched this instrument. Every so time. Like, every time. Every time. Every, they're like, what is this? <laughs> this is so pretty. What? It's so beautiful. Can, can you tune it for me? Like, <laughs> it's like. How do you teach it's, a young kid viola? Like, is there, I mean, resized viola? Like, how small do they make a viola? I would say it was violent. I would say it, it has violent. to, right? So it's like, Just because uh, it's like bassoon. You can't, there, there's technically a small one called a tenoroon, but no one plays tenoroon. it. Because bassoons oh in itself are expensive. So imagine the custom version of a bassoon. It's not going to happen. Like, you're going to learn something else, and maybe in high school, your hands will be physically big enough. You need that for the bit. So when we do, when we start doing a live show and everything, dude, you need. That's how we started. A, a tough tenor room, tenor room hip hop solo. Ooh, actually, hold up. No, we that could be the wave of the future. <laughs> hold on, let's not knock it. Okay, mumble rap has transformed into something really beautiful. Like maybe it, dude. We could. Take Viola and Tenerun, it's the future. Viola and Tenerun, oh man. Kendrick, I, I hit feel the heat. Kendrick, no, Kendrick, stay away. This is mine. <laughs> Kendrick, <laughs> just let me have this one, please. <laughs> You're too brilliant musically. I can't, I can't think of anything you haven't done before. <laughs> Maybe we could, we could be featured. Remember his, uh, his upcoming al album oh, we, yeah. we predicted? Shit. <laughs> or what was it? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Those are funny. We, we got, we're Dag Nabbit. Dag Nabbit. I still have them. I'm Dag Nabbit. <laughs> uh, good times. Throwback interconnectivity. With uh, with uh, Jeremy Jones. Yeah, we never dropped those. Do you have them? I have them. Man, we have, we have years. Um, but it's okay. We're going to hit the hit the pods with uh, content. Interconnective Dude. content. Yeah, I'm learning about content planning from my girl Courtney Ruckman. Shout out. Shout, Shout out. out. Yeah, she's incredible. Um, she's just a friend of mine that over the years, uh, we would just like meet for coffee and just talk about social media and strategy. And she would like always say things that like blew my mind. 
And then I would always leave her with the little some some that like took her games to the next level. So we've just been like, we've just been, it's been a really, really amazing business partnership that has just been friends connecting each other with good information. So yeah, she just gave me a little coaching. Let's bring it on. Let's bring her on. Oh yeah. 100%. Like I was going to ask you, uh, but we've both been so busy and we're all like (laughs) trying to survive this pandemic. We, we got a lot of guest lines up. Uh, so speaking yeah. speaking of guests, uh, we're looking for our next uh, Faking Fam feature. So uh, if you want to be Faking Fam featured on the Faking Notes podcast where we can uh, fake featuring you, um, hit us up. Slide into our DMs and uh, mm. we will bring you on this pod. Slide in there, but gently. It's sensitive. Gently slide. Yeah. Like it's, it's sensitive. It's It's sensitive. <laughs> We're forward thinking on the Faking Notes podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, okay, so memory, circling memory. back to memory, because my memory is so much that. better. It's true. You and read I brought about it. it back. I read about it. One of the biggest things about memory is that you can remember complex information uh, much better if you associate a known schema to that new information. And so what I mean by that is uh, kind of like whenever you read a book on how to get better at another instrument, you can still learn from that if you try to, in your brain, link the nuggets of wisdom from learning from a piano masterclass to your viola playing. That is literally like an example of taking an unknown piece of information relating it to something that you do know, which is your instrument. So this means that you can build skills. You can build skills that will, that will help that you'll remember forever by just relating it to stuff you already know. It's here. Let me look up this. Okay. Just so I sound smart. A good example of this, cause I've, I've heard about this too, just so our, our user can understand. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I, I Googled, the numbers of pi, I was going to impress our audience. They think I'm a super genius. Uh, but now that we're on video, my face lit up because I opened up a Google browser. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, oh, Trevor knows okay. pi. He's, he's a freaking genius. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just I'm sitting here like, staring at it. But <clears throat> the example okay. is this known schema, uh, something, uh, you know, every every good girl eats fudge and something like along those lines, like associating it with a word. And mm-hmm. spelling that, or associating things with a story. I can't remember, but they interviewed one of these memory contest people, I think specific to just the number of pi, where they've memorized hundreds and hundreds of numbers and can regurgitate information quickly. And one mm-hmm. of the things they do is either set it up in a story, and the first letter of each word is something they need, or it's letters to numbers. But they, they associate it with someone else, and the easiest one mm-hmm. is song. Like, just they just sing it, they sing it, Mm-hmm. And they can they can remember it. So I'm actually gonna not do oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they sing the pie the or music. they tell a yeah. story. And <clears throat> the next level of that is they do groupings, is they might do some type of grouping um to where just just like what you try to do in your life, they segment it, they compartmentalize it. So maybe the first fifty digits is a song, the second of fifty digits is a story, the 
the digits after that is shapes or some color, like something they can associate mm-hmm. it to. And mm-hmm. so that's actually one of the problems with the IQ test as it first came around because it was it relied very heavily on pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. And we it just doesn't quite translate, as you'd imagine, to other things. It can help, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we, we, everyone talks about emotional intelligence now. There's all these other types of intelligences. I don't know anything about those, but being able to recognize patterns. I know patterns, some about emotional intelligence. Let's hear can it. Can I drop a bomb? So it's kind of like how your mental intelligence is relating information that is new to something that you already know. Uh, hmm. Emotional intelligence, the way I conceive of it, is that you take emotions that you that you, you 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 take emotions that people like exhibit in their behavior in their words and in their intent and you relate that to feelings that you've felt before and if you can then you can possibly <clears throat> empathize with their position with if they if they're a hateful person you could empathize with the fact that you know their dad beat them and beat their mom when they were younger and they did never know the concept of love and so if you see it from that perspective, have that emotional intelligence, you'll know that you should pro- you could act differently. Hmm. You know, you can't you don't have to dehumanize them. Interesting. I never thought about it with because I've always heard of it, but I hadn't put much thought into what exactly it is and how you could self measure that. But I like what you said. <clears throat> it is also just another type of association in that. Yeah, just, exactly. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, because we don't talk about feelings. We don't talk about emotions. Feelings. Like in our society. We think that people that talk to a therapist are, are crazy. Weak or but like, broken, but we yeah, all need therapists, particularly now more than ever. We all need therapy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like now more than yeah. ever. I, I know yeah. a couple of friends who are starting, but one of the problems is think about this as a service. Think of how many people need therapy. Let's say everyone. Someone else needs a coach. Like, think of the value. That's it, dude. Think of the value. That's it. Yeah, like that it would provide. And because you just mentioned your great relationship with uh, Courtney Rockman, uh, like this symbiotic relationship, you've got an insight Mm -hmm. into each other's lives. You're bouncing off marketing ideas, content ideas. Mm -hmm. And it just helps to have someone else in the room. I'm hired a business coach. John Hong spent thousands of dollars. And look at, that was a good investment. <clears throat> a service. Uh, and like, look what it's that's done to his therapy. life. If John Hong had spent $9,000 on some possession, uh, he just bought, he'd bought a grill, a really dope grill. Uh, <laughs> and it just said on the top, John, on the bottom, Hong. And so he just walked around Ooh. smiling his name, Brandy. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. John walked around with a $9,000 grill would probably bring him, um, for one, a very interesting online presence, but two, uh, <laughs> not nearly as life changing. A value as having a coach, having someone else in there, which a lot of what music school is, is there's a coach, there's specific to something else there. But my best teachers were in essence, life coaches, my current business coaching thing I'm uh, paying for. It's, it's essentially mm-hmm. a life coach. It always boils down to who you are. It's all coaching, dude. That's what I figured yeah. out. I figured that out like back in March is like, oh, once you read all the books, you can start coaching. Because, like, you synthesize information in a way that changes people's ability to understand things. You distill those ideas into un, into bite-sized pieces because you have walked the path of learning. Mm-hmm. So you can look back and look, oh, look, look, a piece of candy. Oh, hey, look, piece of candy. 
hey, look, a piece of candy. You know, and you can go back to the origin of what it was like to not know that thing and relate that journey back. It's it's mentorship. It's it's guiding one along a path that they're either too afraid to walk by themselves or are paralyzed by the ignorance to go and traverse it by themselves. It's, it's beautiful. The the thing too, and we've mentioned this um fairly often, it disappears in music. We're grown up and it's a very rigorous mentorship. Mm-hmm. setup it's it's the famous example when you read these books mastery and they're looking at the greats one of the five key components besides their uh, parental income um <laughs> but b- becoming great at something besides hardship or some type of routine or actually tech- some type of addiction um it, one of the big components is of course there's a mentor someone else mm-hmm. looking in from the outside and it gets lost in music which i find fascinating and i've noticed it's been really hard for me and we've talked about this in that we're grown in a mentorship system classical music mm-hmm. being one of the famous examples of mentorship sports mentorship but what changes is that we stop we finish school and we are done no more lessons yeah. no yeah. more this i'm just going to go mm-hmm. out there you you figured it out and now they've told you what to do now go practice and that is the opposite of what needs to now happen. Now go win a competition. Yeah. Like go out there, win that job, or be, be sad, or you know, do something horrible. Figure like, it out. Horrible, <laughs> like not music. <laughs> like, oh, no. Like, oh. How could you? Oh, what is that? Like? Are you saying I didn't prepare you? Yeah. You didn't practice your E flat major scale. Like, what I are told you saying? You, to, you have right? a much better, happier life. You're contributing better to society, and you have make way more money. How could you, how could you do this to me? I'm your mentor. I'm insulted. <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. Look at all. So sports, the greatest of of their their type. Your 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 Tiger Woods, your Tom Brady's, um, your Trevor Bumgarner's. Just peak athlete. Yeah. Oh peak yeah. Athletes. Six 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 is um <laughs> my golf score on one hole. <laughs> the the point is they all have coaches. They seem to not have lost that. When you can be mm-hmm. the best in the world, LeBron has a coach. He probably has multiple mm-hmm. coaches, a shooting coach, a conditioning coach, a nutritionist, a, nutritionist, um, yeah. a fashion coach. He's mm-hmm. just like, man, no one else can pull this off. I need one of those. He's just like, <laughs> like tiny pants and a little man bag. Do Dude, it. He's got a barber. And he looks, he, he's got coaches. He's got he's a got, barber. He's got people coming in there. And we, we, we stopped that in classical music. It's like we, we did a half a good job. We need mentorship throughout the rest of our life. Someone else to come in there and keep an eye on us. And I think that's something we've seen from these guests. Like this, to some degree, this is a little bit of a therapy session. Um, someone else from the outside looking in and talking about this. This is our relationship is, is this feels, yeah. this is, this is a uh, therapy. This is coaching because someone else is like, Hey, like, do you think about this? And I'm like, no. <laughs> or we say these things, we repeat them in different ways. We, we bring in new information and, the, I guess the final takeaway of this, just really settling in on the idea of therapy, is that uh, most therapists have therapists. Uh, yeah. Like they're yeah. – well, one, they have to hear all that. They have to hear all your bullshit all day. No, but but for one like, – <laughs> They have to deal with it. The <laughs> one thing, they, they understand the value of what they do, hopefully, if they're having a good time. And that – and But they also understand like like the value that they provide two people and helping them is it's a coach of your mind. It's a mind coach. 
mind coaching. That sounds like some dude, but that's so true. If you watch the anime, if you watch the anime, the sensei is help. The sensei is helping the protagonist like through all of their fuck ups. Like it's like sensei, I did it. I got my ass kicked. Well, you honestly need to do some more squats and like you got to <laughs> believe in yourself. Oh shit! What? I need to believe in myself? Yeah, man. Just like the ocean pushes and pulls, so does your chi. You need to make sure that you are okay with yourself. Also, so believe in yourself. Like and subscribe to my podcast. Yeah. Like and subscribe. <laughs> As your sensei, five stars only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, subscribe so you get it in your pocket every Wherever week. Wherever podcasts are good for you. Wherever they go. <laughs> It's true though. Yeah, like exactly. It's, so it's true, just neat man. that classical music kind of figured it out because most a lot of yeah. other fields don't have this. No, most people don't have uh, growing up until they're professionals, like biology. You don't have a mentor until you're finishing up that PhD work in that. So you missed the front half, and then you and then you work under someone. Maybe you have a mentor. So many sciences are like that. You don't bump into someone until you're like way it's later true. in there. Music, we're lucky. We have the mentor right up front. And then when we finished, we're just thrown out there probably when we need the most. Someone else checking in on us. Um, and so- You, you eating? Yeah. Are, are, <laughs> do you have food? Do you have food, bro? I know you, you're a gigging musician. Yeah. Dude, that's what I want to do with my YouTube channel. It's like, that's what I've always felt is like I had these mentors mm-hmm. in Juilliard that were changing the way I thought about music. And I wanted to share how it changed me with my audience. And so like now I feel like I'm transitioning into a full mentorship role with this podcast, with, you know, my Instagram content that's coming out. Like, I think that's what I like. I like helping people. I I like playing my instrument too, but like, damn dude, like hire me, (laughs) hire me then. If you want me to play, hire me. (laughs) No, it's so true though. I mean, we've mentioned this too. It's why we do this, this thing called a podcast is because we're not, I'm not telling, I don't think we've mentioned any specific like technique thing. Like you haven't like coached anyone how to shift on here and I'm not describing how to make reads or write music, but it's everything else that's valuable. We, we, we brought on these, what we refer to as like these complete, these total artists and not as a completion thing, like they're done, but they've just encompassed a lot of things and they keep working and just seeing the value of other things we've talked about that come in and make it you. It doesn't matter how good you are at your instrument. Uh, if you're not taking care of yourself, <laughs> if you're not learning new things, if you're not marketing it, it, it mm-hmm. it's it's meaningless. Like there's other pieces of the puzzle. Breaks, it's, it's, exercise, it's so, food. Yes. Also, I'll say with like interpersonal um, listening, like real active listening, which I'm, terrible at but i'm learning the Impro- thing about listening drew is not just continue. <laughs> wait 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 what, what were you saying trevor so I was Drew, the thing about listening is is uh so i heard you oh yeah so continue. yeah you heard me okay cool i heard me too i heard what you heard and i meant what i knew okay uh but it, that's the thing man it's like when you Focus on learning how to listen. That's actually one of the memory exercises because a real good conversation is listening to what somebody says, internalizing it, commenting, and adding to that conversation. That's literally building memory. That's learning. That's what learning is. And so when they, when another thing I was reading from Jim Quick's book that I an insight that I got was 
if you're able to relate ideas that have nothing to do with each other to each other, or in other words, <clears throat> comedy in absurd ways, that's what comedy is. It's like, oh, it's just like th this, this computer is like my girlfriend right now. Cause she's, she's mostly, she mostly hides under my bed. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to laugh at whatever you said, but that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, oh, uh, uh, I couldn't find a good simile there, but that's what, when you hit that perfect metaphor, that perfect simile that, that demonstrates a real understanding of the nature of two vastly different things. And you can only be good at that if you work on your memory. Uh, if you work on the ability to listen to other people, absorb information, and relate it to your life. That's memory. Mm. Mm. Memory is also, watch any Disney movie or any child movie. Oh, child movie. Yes, that's that's it. what we call them. Uh, child like, movies? Yeah, just like an idiot. <laughs> Children's uh, movie. Uh, no, child no, movie. No, no, no. Not child movie. Oh, God. Oh, God. God. <laughs> I know. You don't want child. No, no. There were no Epstein. Epstein. Not a friend <laughs> of the pod. Ghislaine. Dude. Not a friend of the pod. Dude. Um, not a friend of the pod. And she's talking. Dude, it's going to get interesting. So that was one of those I funny wonder... those funny tweets. It was just like, see... Oh yeah, wait. look at them finishing each other's sentences. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Uh, LOL. But anyways, uh, that's uh back to that. So if for right. any any children's movie uh, that's yes, produced by a movie. reputable uh, company and legal is so like at at the core of so many of those Moana just uh, go on the list. My memory's not good. I always haven't done the exercise. I love Moana. But, but almost always like the family is is asking them, typically the protagonist, you know, young upstart princess or prince, is, wants to go out and venture in the world and not be like their parents. Yeah, brave Moana. Like the story is the same. Yeah. There's some village. Their economies run on ice and coconuts, and <laughs> they want to be different and go out and explore. And then at the end, yeah. what happens? It turns out, <laughs> like they found themselves. Wait, wait. Did you say something funny? Yeah, I was like, they go home. <laughs> No, it's so true. Like if you they go the fuck home. If you like, do the, the art, <laughs> Mad Max, they literally go one way, they get to the end, they're like, hold up. Where we went back. And then they just go backwards. Like it's they just it's, go back. It's a straightforward story and all these narratives run <laughs> the same. They go through this journey, the adversity, yeah. to find themselves. And what do they do? They always return. They take over mm -hmm. their their kingdom or whatever. And they're like, hey, mm -hmm. everything's better, but now I'm a better person. I understand the value of of family now, of history now. Coco, Pixar, oh, every like freaking movie is just, can be boiled down to this. It's like, is going through an adversity and then learning uh, about the value of your family, your tradition, and how you can make it work for you. This is memory. Like, this is what our stories are. We are continuing on the, the memories stories. of others. And think about humans, the whole point of our civilization and why we've been able to evolve through the Bronze Age into... Um, sending nasty tweets. Uh, like, <laughs> I like reason... nasty tweets. <laughs> Send them to me DM at that viola kid on Twitter. Okay? Yeah, nasty tweets. Uh, like and subscribe. Nasty. Yes, please. Uh, but the reason we've just made it this far is because we are writing on the memories of others. Our collective knowledge is something that a not lot a lot of other uh, species get to do. Mm. Everything we know is 
is from someone else. We're just we're adapting these experiences to ourselves uh, and kind of learning along the way. But just so mm-hmm. much general knowledge was handed down. I don't actually know how a car works. And I don't need to because someone else knows a hundred other people in my area know how to fix that car. I get the general premise, but if someone's like, hey, if you could build a car from scratch, I'd be screwed. I'd be walking. You mean a bike? <laughs> you mean like but it's true. Someone had to figure other people figure this out, and we're just able to communicate yeah. and keep that in our memory uh, and pass that on through generations. So working on memory is incredibly important. Now, some of this, what it seems like the book is, I think the point is that it can be trained and worked on. Yes, and it can be trained and worked on by using this understanding that you can't learn in a vacuum by rote memorization. Yes. Yeah, rote memorization is not the work, it's not the move. And what you were saying about childhood that I wanted to bring back is childhood is like a lot of the times you're feeling emotions for the first time. So it's like, I can't hear you though. I can't hear you oh. though. So if I'm talking over you, I'm so- oh, now you're back. I just wasn't saying anything. I was I was listening. Oh shoot! It's the the video's behind and it's catching up now. I'm going okay. like lightning I thought you were speed. Talking. I'm like time warping. You're like time. You're warping back in the through the fourth dimension, man. It's <laughs> it's fun to see. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so it's like when you're in a child, you're feeling emotions for the first time, and a big principle in in memory is. Memories that are imbued with emotion often are the stickiest and lasting in your long-term memory. The smell of your grandma's perfume, the smell of grandma's kitchen, uh, the smell of cut grass because you you cut grass when you were 10 years old. The sound of, you know- Was that a long callback? Was that a long callback from earlier? A long callback. Bro, I've been thinking about gardening and shit. <laughs> so, so like that's yeah, that's very applicable to my brain. So right continue. No, but that's what it is. It's like you're you're relating. Now, when you put emotion into something you're learning, that is really important for long term memory. So one of the things that I'm kind of realizing my mom helped me with because my mom was my therapist growing up. Like whenever. I needed to learn a real good lesson, especially with girls, and it hurt. She told me to feel the emotions. Remember what this feels like. Remember Mm. how we got here. And remember how you can possibly do it differently in the future, right? So if I'd be in a fight with my girl or be breaking up or whatever, I I use that emotion to remember a lot of the circumstances and, and what I could do to avoid it in the future to, so that I could be a better boyfriend to somebody in the future. Cause that mattered to me at the time. So, <laughs> at the t- and now I'm just at the time alone gardening like, in LA, you know, I'm, I'm in quarantine, reading books uh, about memory, <laughs> growing microgreens. Like it's dude, dude, you want to see stew stew? You've named the microgreen. No, 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 no. This is the spider plant that Jesse gave. Me. Oh my God. I, I'm ready for this. Jesse, Bad Snacks. Jesse, shout out. Talking about memory. Left. Zero days with Bad Snacks. I remember it zero because I had a snacks. great emotional response. That's a beautiful Look plant. Look at it. Look at it, dude. It's like, it's really, it's really green. <laughs> and it's it was like yellowing and it was kind of dying. 
I thought, and now I've just been taken care of. Stu, he's he's my friend. It's like beautiful. Stu, the snake, snake plant. It's beautiful. The spider plant. Spider, spider plant. Oh, just the other. Yeah. Another dangerous animal plant. <laughs> I know. Stu, the bear I'm plant. You keep away the spiders. You're spider enough for me, dude. I really, I really wish I should take a picture of Stu and put it on Instagram. Give a shout out. He's shout out to Stu. Really Stu the plant. Shout Pulling out to through. Stu. Pulling through. I'll just hold him like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet my video's uh, dying. I think that's probably yeah, what just happened. Yeah, your video's dying. No, I like my iPad it's literally okay. died. It's okay. We can look oh. at the spinny wheel of death. So, I like the spinny wheel. With the <laughs> with memory, and you mentioned association. Like This is a nice, um, again, spontaneous tie-in through all of our prior subjects. Other than like that song, for instance, you know, like the song example to memorize the numbers, these pattern recognitions, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that's also why you have so many people have fond memories of their childhood or pivotal moments and why, why you might not have as many, you know, in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, why people, why it feels like time is accelerating. We've talked about this twofold. Why life sucks. (laughs) But twofold, the experiences is one that each decade is a smaller percentage of your life. Yeah. Things feel so much more important mm-hmm. when you're 18 in high school. Everything really matters. And if you think about it, it's because you haven't experienced a lot of life. That year is a bigger percentage of your life than if you're 49 going to 50. But another reason why, like things in your 20s, like these years go by and you can't quite pinpoint what happened when, is because if you think about it, how rapidly you're as you're growing, like your circumstances change, you have a grade. Each grade is different. There's a prom, uh, particularly if you're in a, a movie about high school. There's a prom. There's a birthday party. There's there's all these mile markers. You're going to college. First car, braces, um, first breakup. Like you're experiencing all these feelings uh, and they're strong feelings, but you can tie them to situations. When you're in your 20s, post-school, and you're going through the 20s and 30s, like you might work at a job for four or five years. Like you don't have as many mile markers to associate life events to. You don't feel feelings. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of. <laughs> when you're in your 20s, <laughs> you just cut yourself off from the, the high school hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're an impenetrable fortress of emotional solitude. <laughs> Super sad. <laughs> Super sad. You're an e-boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a it's such a good point that like just you don't have if the whole thing is 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 trying to associate the feeling the smell the smell smell mm-hmm. or whatever smell. it is that you just don't have as many of those either it's mm-hmm. not new or you're just you have less mile markers your 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 quarterly wrap up with your company doesn't feel as special as prom even though heads up guys if you're very young prom is not a big deal. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's just, only the time you lose your virginity, boy. Boy, get ready. No, I'm just kidding. That, that's get ready happens. to no. stay at home and not have that happen. You, you probably are going to get chaperoned by your parents. Yeah, um, yeah. Because your parents know what's up. But you're anticipating it because Hollywood trained you uh, when they, they cast all these 27 year olds to play high schoolers in that I movie know. and made prom seem like it is the most important thing. Obviously, it's it barely matters. You will forget it. I remember almost none of, again, none of it, but. But there's an association with it in your mind. So with this knowledge and understanding the power of association and feelings and tying that to memory, 
what do you suggest our users do to improve their memory skills? Um, I think, well, it, it's kind of covered a lot in the previous chapter of studying and it's, it's reviewing. A lot of times you have to review uh, the information and have it spaced, the, re the review spaced over multiple uh, periods of time, like over the course of a week or a couple of weeks. That's why it's better to learn an instrument uh, by practicing even 15 minutes a day consistently every day for three weeks than 15 hours for two, three days in a row and then never picking it up. I beg my students you know? to get that. I'm like, that little bit of consistency is way better than even more so time much. in bulk. It's exponential. Like, so imagine if, so it's all exponential because even when you're not thinking about it, you're thinking about it. And even when you're not thinking about it, you're learning new things in your life that can give you insight into it even more. So like a lot of things I do to like play my instrument better have nothing to do with something I learned from a violist. It, it's, it's something I learned from listening to Adele or listening to Alicia Keys and how sh they change the airspeed in their, in their breath. Mm. Right. And, and then I try to relate that to my bow or, or just even intonation wise, just like hearing things different. Like, I never learned how to play in tune until I started playing guitar. Like, I really think that wow. like chords, mm. my chords, I now know what chords that are in tune from a string instrument are supposed to sound. <laughs> Piano is harder because it's a different timbre, but string instruments have a certain timbre that my ear is just predisposed to understand. So now I'm remembering what chords sound like because I'm learning them on guitar. And so now I, can listen to my string quartet. And I'm like, yo, that sounds like a B fully diminished seven. And I'm like, wait, what? When did I, when was I able to do that? <laughs> when was I, I was never, what? And I, and I look, dude, do you have a, do you have a, a C flat there? Is that an enharmonic stacking of that triad? And they're like, yeah, how'd you, do you have a score? I was like, no, it sounded like one. What? The value, that's just a great example Bro, too. With like repetition. Theory and, and understanding association, like that's why, um, and we'll keep this rant incredibly short, like the problem of teaching ear training it. and theory separately in that in order for mm. the theory to matter at all, you need to hear it. Music is sound. It's not about sight. Uh, and so if you don't actually hear it, it's not a good association. Until I got good at ear training and took ear training and then listened to theory, listened to those examples, only then did it really make sense. It's kind of like reading about swimming. Unless you jump in the water, it's it's only going to go so far. Mm -hmm. Reading about filmmaking, that is valuable information. But unless you're reading and you're like watching the movie it's talking about, as an example, you're not entirely going to – you're not going to gain as much as you would have had you done it together. Um, you and, know what's crazy yeah. though? Like – and I mean – Look, if you're a school out there and you want to hire a theory professor, I'll take a stab at it. Because I agree with you, um, theory and ear training being separated is is the worst idea ever. Um, I remember theory class in my undergrad, that classes that I liked, that I actually thought were interesting, were when my, my professor would play the Mozart piano sonata or whatever it was. He wasn't a great pianist, but he did the job and he would talk about the, the 
chords and the changes in the keys and the sections. And the way he taught it was so much better than like, say, like reading out from the textbook and then saying, going and go to listen to the examples in the book after class, right? That is such a terrible, it should be the opposite. Mm -hmm. Read before you get here. And then we're going to talk about this example and what it means. So you can hear it. You can have a schema of listening to what a perfect or perfect authentic cadence sounds like, why it's important, or the whole tone scale as it's exacerbated in Ravel's music, like what it means, like just have the auditory schema as well. And not just even just hearing your teacher yell it at you, but <laughs> or reading it from a book in a dry sense, but having the experience of applying that knowledge and getting the payoff of sound. And like that's with huge. with ear training and why it was it's like a brutal but successful program at Juilliard. I give them a lot of credit. You do, you don't say notes, <laughs> you sing them. You're always singing. Yeah, you're internalizing it. And and the exercises they do, there are a lot of exercises, uh, but particularly like the dictations are musical. It's mm -hmm. not. Uh, they they don't do um, like just hum fun challenges where it's a random series of notes. Like every example is crafted with the idea of musicality behind it for dictations, for singing a melody. It's not a random melody. It's an actual melody that sounds good because that's what they're training you to do is perform music. It's not just note to note to note, uh, learn this technique. It's it's applying that within uh, a particular context. And so you my- You hear best, that Kreutzer? <laughs> you hear that etude books? It's supposed to be music. Music. Heck, you tell but me to do the best theories and why I loved teaching theory was to make things musical. Was always bringing it back to the music. And some of my best theory mentors, uh, I, I pick on my my uh, former boss of multiple years, Steve Lates. Great, hilarious, hilarious dude. So funny, um, but because he's got the famous book and it's pretty dry uh, because it's very technical. It's for it's for the music undergrad to take you in. And so it's, it's very thick, but then, so I knew he wrote the textbook, this thick textbook and, and he shows up and I watch him. I observed him teach. He shows up at Juilliard when I was there uh, and takes over the department mm -hmm. and a master teacher, a master pedagogue. Cause everything he did was musical, fun and entertaining but he planted the seeds for all future learning then and there. He made it enjoyable. His students crushed everyone else's students because they're having mm -hmm. a good time. They're picking on with them. But he's sitting there. Someone says something and Fun. he sets them up for, for success. And he goes over. Whenever they say something, he walks over there. Every example is played with, is performed in front of them. They're performing it. It's always he brings it back to the music. Wait, you talking, you talking about Blaha? Oh no, I love Blaha too. No, that was on the I ear training. Right? But no, no, this is all Steve yeah, Lates yeah. in the theater oh, okay, department. Steve Lates. But oh, what man. but what happened though also at Juilliard is during the time of him coming there, and I actually talked to him about it, the first time ever, the ear training teachers, Blaha and O'Quinn, both very different people, very different approaches, were both hired in the theory department. That had never happened. They were Whoa. siloed. They are teaching each teaching undergraduate courses because he knew what? Yeah, yeah, in theory. That's a new that was a new thing. He brought them Whoa. in there because Steve knew. He's like, "Wait, we have these incredible master teachers of ear training. I want them in the theory department teaching theory." Okay. But anyways, to keep the anti Yeah. Yeah. I want I want to see what those kids at Juilliard coming out in about 2-3 years are going to be like 
Because if their theory's better, dude, theory, oh my God. I know why it's there now. It's so it makes you such a better musician. Oh God. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> the, I, I didn't theory. understand the value, of course, until gay in yeah. the real world. Because everyone assumes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a composer. I had to get good at it. I liked it. But until I got really good at ear training and really good at theory, and then later on teaching it, mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. relate. It's the why. It's it's why I've like spent a year developing Juilliard's online theory course. Like Working on these things, Um, all of these different experiences, it's because I understood um, it interests me, but also really the value it plays because it's a shortcut. It's a it's a hack. There's very few hacks, but you actually get to you will be a better performer if you understand the why. And theory is the why. Mm -hmm. And and like it's you know what it is. You know what it is. It's kind of like with uh, in Limitless. Another thing about learning is like if you batch if you batch like simpler actions into more complex actions like it's like making macros in your your computer right Mm. macro commands it's the theory allows you to think about bigger quanta of data like finger here finger here finger here instead of just like how do I hold the instrument? Yeah. <laughs> and you can you can combine a lot of these tasks. And for things like memory, but performance. When I tell my students, uh, and like I hated practicing scales and doing any of these things and theory, and it was all boring. But until you realize, like, if you got great at the, these, you know, scales and arpeggios in F major, every time you p- play a piece in F major, you've already played a lot of that piece before. It's not mm-hmm. new. It, whenever I look at music now, I'm understanding the chords, the thing behind it, the music behind it. When I see a pattern, some rhythmic pattern, but it's in different notes, I'm like, oh, it's just the same thing uh, in a different key. It's easier. It, 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 instead of working from note to note to note to note to note to note, which doesn't feel musical and it's very hard, if, you, if you're able to start group things, chords, phrases, themes, whatever it may be, and you see things in a larger context, you're able to get to music quicker and with a deeper understanding. Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying, oh, I did this because it sounds good, you can have an even more informed opinion. You can understand why it sounds good and then use that knowledge to inform uh, further further discussions. But Mm -hmm. I don't want to bury people in theory. So to translate that for Uh... for like real life, for like real life, anytime – yeah. You're able to synthesize these things and understanding of how that car works or whatever. You you might be able to fix it uh, of understanding um, difficulties of the mowing the long or whatever. Understanding the hardships. Uh, having an understanding about it, you might be able to overcome it, approach it differently, find a different solve. Uh, almost any aspect of your life, just coming at it from different angles, working on it, studying it. You can improve at it. The dishes. <laughs> Just doing the dishes for 30 years doesn't make you better at doing dishes. But if you Wait, approached what? it in a like a dedicated way. One of the great examples, to boil this all down, uh, is in these books like Mastery and talking about the 10,000 hours and all of that. Is It says it's not really about the time. It's it's how you use that time, that dedicated practice, what we do in music. Because the example is think of how many people have done the same thing for 30 years. They've done their job for 30 years. They, they've they studied still this. Suck. They still <laughs> suck. No, they still suck. Like they, you can – and these are quantifiable things. Like for doctors, a fresh out-of-school doctor and, and a very seasoned doctor, there's actually not much of a difference in performance. 
and, and they did this in malpractice cases. Accountants, something very specific, something you can quantify. How well did they do this accounting? How well did they do this booking? Recent grads, fresh out, fresh out of school, uh, aren't any better or worse than a lot of people who've done it for 30 years. So then what's good's the experience? Well, for those who have done the dedicated practice, this harder work at improving, that's the difference between someone who's who's gone through and, be, and become great at something, a great dishwasher. They've studied the technique. They've intently practiced scrubbing that dish, and they've improved at it <laughs> over mm. the course of their Give life. Give me a little. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You, you're speaking my language. Yeah, <laughs> doing the dishes. Speaking my language. Rubbing, rubbing that glass, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but to squeak. Anyway, it's what you do with it. So, like taking taking your knowledge of how if you know how to improve at music, you approach from all these angles, history, theory, ear training, practice, whatever. And and if you apply these principles elsewhere in your life, this kind of dedicated practice, even a little bit consistently, uh, you will improve. You will actually improve at that thing. It's not. It's it's what you do with that time. You're lying. Yeah. You're uh -uh. lying, Trevor. I don't believe uh -uh. you. I don't. <laughs> no, you're so right, bro. You're so right. It's 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 important to, and I think that the patience aspect is the, one of the most difficult parts of this. Um, when you're learning something new and you need that dedicated pra practice, it's very difficult to get through the paralysis of like not knowing what to do. Like I'm advising Trala, the mm -hmm. uh, and and we actually have the CEO. Coming, coming on the pod. We're going to be speaking with him next week. Um, and just in working with a few of his clients uh, by doing like a, an online Q&A, there are so many things that like we don't think about as professionals that these people who are just getting into music are really stressed about. So it's really good to remember that uh, when you're learning something that's new, just stick with it. Like mm -hmm. the longer you stick with it, the longer you'll have time to relate it to other things that happen in your life. And that's why you often see like some of the most seasoned players are those who are in their forties and fifties and they're still practicing every day. Cause now they have a wealth of life experience with the instrument playing many different pieces, many different performances. Now they're distilling it for you, all of that expertise. It's just the time. It's a matter of time, bro. Time and then how they approach it. They've practiced all those pieces. They didn't just well, play. The, the dedicated yeah. practice. They didn't yeah. play all those pieces. They practiced all those pieces. So then that way, mm -hmm. they, they leveled up each time. They got 1% better at something new each mm -hmm. time. So that way, you know, as they've gone, th gone through the process, it, it takes a less amount of time to learn a piece. They might just be able to perform it better. Like something about it. They, With each and every experience and, and time investment, they're learning something new. They're reforming past thoughts. They're coming in there. And so that way, that's when you get these superhuman artists, these superhuman programmers, these superhuman doctors or whatever, because mm -hmm. it's it's not just they haven't gone through the motions. They're continually intaking new information information and comparing that to their, their backlog, their memory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 when you are learning new things. I'll just review, okay? Related to something that you already know. Just like in a simile or a metaphor or visualization. Visualization is incredibly important 
uh, this is, I was, I'm going to make a music, I'm sorry, a music video. I'm going to make a YouTube video on this. And there's a tiny paragraph in his memory chapter where Jim Quick talks about when trying to re remember like complex information that seems, we were kind of talking about this earlier in the, in the pod, complex information that seems to be unrelated, relate a story to it. So I'm going to actually, uh, that was, I remember my time at Juilliard when I was having trouble learning the, uh, the that uh that Carl Maria von Weber oh. on Dante on a Hungary Rondo yeah. Ungarese yeah that Hungarian Rondo dude the theme of variations oh it's so hard to remember so one thing that my teachers told me to do was like tell a story it sounds operatic right do you what remember your story my teacher made me do it. <sighs> No, I just remember like the chicken. I, it was just like the what part was the chicken? Just that beginning, like because it's a goofy clown thing, particularly when a bassoon plays it. But there was I just made up some story about a chicken, and so it's like it's like this pecking. Yeah, so tragic. Oh, dude, it's tragic as fuck. I mean, dude, the piano part's really tragic. I'm like, did somebody just die? What the hell? And it gets really funny. So I don't know. It's like cabaret. It's like instrumental cabaret. And here's the knowledge factor too. That example, Carl von Weber was an operatic composer. That was what he was famous for. So like, mm -hmm. just even like having the knowledge of that, um, he can schema. feed into your performance. My mm -hmm. teacher would tell me about that. The Weber bassoon concerto is the most is one of the top like three bassoon concertos as far as like fame right after Mozart it's number two after Mozart it's like most performed uh concertos it's a very good one for bassoon f major very mm -hmm. easy but still like okay I like f major thinking too. of yeah big fan <laughs> friend of the pod f major f major. like and subscribe uh but the the whole point was just like going through like looking at it from all these different angles gave a more informed and better performance and that that can that that concept that framework can translate to almost any aspect of your life. So put in this work, put in this adversity uh, and, and commit it to memory. Mm -hmm. And the way you do it, one, one way to do it is to really visualize a story. It doesn't matter how dumb it is. Relate every line to like a speech, like a line of dialogue, like a speech. Every gesture is like a dialogue. Like one person says this, one person says this. And get that granular if you need to. If you're having trouble with memory slips. That was a huge thing that I used to do until I grasped theory. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like, okay, we're moving through E flat major, but we're going to modulate to E flat minor, which is going to be kind of a bitch. So I got to get ready <laughs> for the shift. Right. I mean, so yeah. you, you know, you know, and so you don't, you may not have to like think of stories, mm -hmm. but like when you're really in the, the weeds and you, and you're doing some contemporary piece of music and you like have to memorize it. Making your own crazy story about it is the way to do it. But thanks again, everybody. This has yes. been another episode of the Faking Notes podcast. Faking Notes podcast. If you made it this far, it's time you provide a holy and just five stars. I want you to commit to memory that not only do you give us five stars, but that you recommend this pod to someone else or simply take their phone and press subscribe. 
do 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 so what what i recommend that people do is like you go to your friend you just walk up to their ear and just making notes podcast Something and like else. if they do the same thing back to you then you know they're a listener you know they're right? a homie you know, you know there's a real deal podcast you know it's the real ones right. so just whisper it in people's ears and uh yeah. commit this to memory folks like and subscribe like and subscribe like and subscribe <laughs> like and subscribe uh, all right we love you all everyone take care go out there be safe all right everybody go out there be safe stay strong stay hard stay hard <laughs> <laughs> i like that